From the golden boot to the flop signing of the year, to the MLS Cup winner, to the wooden spoon winner, we talk about all these awards in MLS and predict which team or player we think is going to win them. All of this and more, stick around for it. Leave a rating if you liked the show. It means a lot to us that people do that. And yeah, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another deep dive episode of The Final Third. We are counting down the days to MLS kicking off for the 2022 season. And we're going to continue with that by doing an MLS season predictions episode, awards, season awards review. Either way, it's going to be exciting. We're going to talk about a bunch of awesome stuff related to MLS predictions. As always, my name is Jack. I'm a fan of Minnesota United, Chelsea, Atalanta, and the U.S. and French national teams. And I'm joined here today with AJ. Hello, I'm the other co-host of this podcast, AJ. I'm a fan of Minnesota United, West Ham United, and the U.S. national teams. Jack is right. We're going to talk about a lot of cool things. We're going to be predicting uh, awards that are going to be, I guess, award at the end of the season. But we're going to predict it right now. Stuff like the Golden Boot the actual MLS Cup winner, and then some, you know, fun awards like the flop of the year, uh, the wooden spoon winner, some of the dark horse teams that we see maybe making their way up towards the top of the table. It'll be fun. If you are, are really excited about the MLS season, you can't wait, definitely go check out the last two weeks' deep dive episodes. We got the Western Conference preview and the Eastern Conference preview. We go in-depth into every single team in the league Talk about their strengths, their weaknesses, key transfers in and out, and where we think they'll finish in the season. Some disagreements there that Jack and I had. Really, really fun to talk about. Definitely go listen to that. Uh, Also, follow us on Twitter at Final Third Show. Website, FinalThirdShow.com. Links will be down below. Whatever. Let's get into what everyone wants to hear, which is MLS predictions. Going over some very specific predictions, such as stuff like the Golden Boot and the Golden Glove. So, Jack, season's coming up right here. How excited are you to be able to watch our beloved Minnesota United once again? Uh, well, I'm pretty excited. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we have the first game of the season again. Yes, that that is true. I feel like of like the six seasons that we've been a part of, that's been the case for half of them now. So we're, we're just that big of a team. We're just a massive yeah, club. Massive. Now. That's it. That's yeah, it. So massive that we're playing at noon <laughs> central yeah. time. So yeah, great, great. Against against a, a, a friend of the show, Jordan Wiegand's team, Philadelphia Union. I think at the end of the show, we might be predicting some, some of the opening games. So definitely stick around for that. But Jack... We might talk about Minnesota United a little bit today, but let's talk about all the teams in MLS, starting with some of our uh, player-based predictions. So we have these split into some team-based predictions, like who we think are going to win the Supporter Shield, but also some player-based ones, starting off Jack with the Golden Boot. As everyone knows, the Golden Boot was won by none other than Castellanos of New York City FC. Uh, tied with Ola Kamara of DC United last year. I think they both had 19 goals each. Yep. yep. So th- it could be close. It could be uh, uh, one one player running away from it. Jack, who do you think will be the golden boot winner? Plus some other candidates if you have them, because I have a feeling that there are a lot of very, very uh, 
good players that could make the cut. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to go through my contenders, first of all. And, all right. of course, you know, I have Castellanos as a contender. NYCFC striker, you know, he he's played well for them. He's a big reason why they won MLS Cup. We've got uh, Joseph Martinez coming off of an injury-ridden season where he still scored 10. Uh, Chicharito, who was in third for the Golden Boot. Christian Arango for LAFC, who was pretty good in half of a season last time around. Raul Rui Diaz of Seattle Sounders, also in joint third with Chicharito. Ola Kamara is up there. Haney Mukhtar was up there. And I also have Luis Amaria because he owes us 22 goals. That's uh, true. So, you know, I, I don't know. I I mean, <laughs> if, he, if he owes us that much, then he's definitely up there. So... It, it, I know that last one might seem a little bit odd, especially considering the other candidates I, I've listed, but seeing how he played in a two-striker formation against Viking FK uh, and remembering his form before his injury in 2020, he definitely is a good number nine. Uh, personally, though, the play, the player that I picked for this is Rui Diaz. Okay. I think he is going to be the golden boot winner. Uh, Seattle are already a stacked team, and they've, at, and they've added Rusnak, and they have Jordan Morris back from injury, which adds so much more creativity and inevitably more chances for the team. You know, Rui Diaz had a really good season last time around. He, he got 17 goals, missing out on the golden boot by two. I think that extra creativity, as well as considering that, you know, uh, the two that beat him last time, Kamara and Castellanos, I think their, their teams are going to struggle a little bit at times this season. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, extra creativity added with Rusnak gives him the edge there. All right. All right. Interesting. I actually also picked uh, Rui Diaz. I think that he is the most logical pick. Uh, I was on the r slash MLS subreddit uh, today and they had their awards predictions, same as us. And I thought it was interesting that a lot of people were overlooking Rui Diaz. I did did not at the time of viewing the post did not see a single Rui Diaz uh, nomination. And I think Yes, there's going to be a lot of talented team, uh, players on the Seattle team that might take goals away. But still, a lot of those balls are going to be fed towards him from people like Rusnak, Lodero, Morris, Roldan, both Roldans even. So, I don't know. I think that is the most logical pick when you uh, take it all into consideration. When I looked at a lot a lot of these uh, other players, Ola Kamara is one that I've seen a lot of people on Twitter nominate because uh, MLS, when they when they released their, like, who's going to be the Golden Boot winner uh, graphic, they didn't include Ola Kamara. But I think that last year he scored a lot of penalty goals, and when you look at his advanced stats, it's just not as good. And so, yes, I'm sure DC United is going to get plenty of penalties, but if I'm really looking at this, like, who's the best striker? Who can I reliably look at as being the Golden Boot winner? I have to overlook Ola Kamara, even though I think he's a great player. Honey Mukhtar? Good player, but I I don't know if he's going to be scoring more goals or assists. He's a good all-around player, but I I think that Nashville might be looking at goals from other places as well. Chicharito is actually a player that I I seriously looked at because Douglas uh, Costa being added to the team already can boost his XG of 0.6 per game. So I I also looked at him, but I think that overall LA Galaxy is not as good as Seattle. And Joseph Martinez, a lot of people are also looking at. But when I, when I look at Joseph, he still has a lot to prove after kind of a slump after uh, not much of a slump, but more of a, 
you know, coming back into form after a long-term injury. I, I, I think it's very possible. He's probably my second choice, but Rui Diaz, like all of the logical steps are there for me to say that he's going to be the pick. All right, so we're both in agreement there, and there is a good chance that this next uh, award, the Golden Ball, might be an agreement as well, because the way that we're defining Golden Ball, Jack, uh, I'm assuming you also went with most assists? Yep, yep, most assists. Yeah, I don't think MLS actually does a Golden Ball most assists award, even though that would be pretty lit. Uh, But I went with the reigning assist leader, uh, Carlos Heal, of the New England Revolution, New England haven't improved per se, and they are getting rid of probably Turner. They got rid of uh, Buchanan. Maybe Buxa will leave. But for the time being, they still have Buxa. They still have Bo. They added Josie Altidore. That should be about enough firepower for Heal to work with. And when you look at how good he is, how silky is his playmaking ability, I mean, he had... 18 assists last season, I want to say. Right, Jack? Uh, maybe maybe I'm blanking, but he had a, a good amount of assists. And overall, I, I just think that, that this will repeat. I mean, this New England team still has the firepower. Heal is still heal. And he's he's going to be great. And I think that Jordi Mihailovic, while good, he got 16 assists last season. I think that heal is much more... I would say, reliable as an assister season on season. And now that I checked, he did score 18 assists, so good for me. Jack, who do you think is going to get the Golden Ball Most Assists Award? Well, I picked five contenders for this one. All right. Uh, I have Carlos Hill as a contender, uh, Jordi Mihailovic from Montreal, Haney Mukhtar from Nashville, uh, Albert Rusnak from Seattle Sounders, and Emmanuel Reynoso from Minnesota. Okay. And these five are among the most creative players in the league, and they backed it up with impressive stats, and for most of them, successive impressive seasons. So I went for this prediction last year, and it hurt me, but I'm going to do it again. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I I think with the addition of some solid forward pieces, Emmanuel Reynoso of Minnesota will get the most assists this season. I... I, we already know he's incredibly creative. The thing that was missing was strikers putting away the chances he created. I, I think that I think that's a key portion that that we're missing there. Uh, Amaria is there. Unu has a, has someone who's actually going to reliably compete with him for the starting number nine spot instead of Juan Agudelo. Uh, I I think that that can that you know better striking options can be the thing that puts Minnesota over the edge, and especially Reynoso with assists. All right. I, I really don't know if I could back Reynoso. I, I love Reynoso as long as he's uh, you know, uh, not going to be facing any legal repercussions. But that's, at the same time... That's true. I forgot about that. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's a bit of a concern. Yeah, can't score assists if you are uh, at a court hearing, to say the least. But yeah, I... I will yeah. say if he if he's out, then I'm I would go for Carlos Heel as well. OK, like All if right. Reynoso doesn't get a full season for whatever reason, then yeah, Carlos Heel is obviously yeah. the, the next best choice. And I wanted to quick interrupt by saying I'm watching the Colorado versus Comunicaciones game. Uh, Comunicaciones just got a red card for violent conduct. So, oh, wow, uh, they're down to 10. It was a really bad challenge. Uh, Yikes. So, yeah. 
that's that that's looking good for Colorado and good for MOS and CONCACAF Champions League. All right. <laughs> good, good for us, I guess. Uh, Sorry, just good, had to throw it in there. <laughs> no, yes, of course. Do you have any updates on the Montreal game at all? Uh, not yet. I'll, I'll look into those while you introduce the next one. All right, sure thing. Well, this next uh, this next award that we're giving out, we're previewing is another golden award. It's the Golden Glove, which goes to the best goalkeeper. We're not really defining this as the most clean sheets, even though that might be one of the criteria to choose who we think will be the best goalkeeper. Uh, but just like how last year, I believe it was Matt Turner. Yes, it was. And he obviously did not get the most uh, clean sheets. It could be anyone. It could be anyone. And there are a lot of good candidates. One of the best things about MLS is that we have a ton of really, really talented goalkeepers. So I'll throw this to Jack to maybe talk about Montreal and uh, their their game at Santos. And also tell me his choice for Golden Glove winner. Yeah, I will quick say uh, Montreal have tied it on aggregate. Romo Kyoto scored in the 10th minute. So uh, looking good so far in the CONCACAF Champions League. But for best goalkeeper, you may remember last season, I picked Joe Willis to uh, to be the be Golden Glove best goalkeeper. Contenders for me this year are I have Joe Willis as a contender again, Nashville, Andre Blake from Philadelphia, Tyler Miller from Minnesota United, Sean Johnson from NYCFC, and Stefan Fry from Seattle Sounders. Uh, a lot of these are similar to the ones I had on the shortlist last time around in looking at it. All of these players are solid and capable of some great moments. That being said, let me, let me go through each of, each of these real quick. I think, I think Nashville were helped last season by beating the East, which I looked at it. They tended to take less shots per 90 compared to teams in the West. Okay. So... That's that. That's it. That's an interesting thing. Willis is undoubtedly good, but uh, he's not going to be my choice this time around. Okay. Uh, Tyler Miller, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be the starting for Minnesota, especially since there's rumors that Dane St. Clair was shown off to potential buyers this uh, this offseason. No one bought. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I think he's going to be there. I don't think he'll be the best goalkeeper necessarily. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Andre Blake this time around okay. who I think had a chance of winning it last season. If it wasn't for Matt Turner being just a, a historically fantastic shot stopper. Uh, I, I think, I, I think he's a great goalkeeper and is a great part of the union's solid defense. You know, they had one of the best defenses in the league. So I think that's the key here and that's who I'm going for. Yeah. I, it's another agreement, Jack, cause I also okay. went with Andre Blake. I think, I, I think if he wins it, it's going to be his third uh, goalkeeper of, of the year award, I want to say, because I think he's been in the best 11 now uh, twice. So he he's he's an absolutely amazing, amazing goalkeeper for both Jamaica and the Philadelphia Union. I think when you look at his stats, they really uh, back it up. He's in the top 3% in, in terms of MLS goalkeepers, in terms of uh, clean sheet percentage, goals against, and expected goals against minus goals against so how how much he's expected to concede versus how much he actually concedes is one of the best in mls so overall i think that he is at the top of his class i think there are a ton of other goalkeepers that i think are deserving matt turner's one but obviously he's leaving to arsenal otherwise he would definitely be in the running I think uh, Cornell Cornell of uh, uh, New York Red Bulls is also good. He, he got uh, uh, the the best uh, 
clean sheet count from last year, and he just got signed uh, permanently by the Red Bulls. And of course, you have players like Stefan Fry, Eloy Room is also a very good. Uh, Jack, I'm surprised you didn't really uh, th- think that Crepo, Crepo, yeah, yeah, Maxime Crepo. I, yeah. I really like him, but I uh, I also think LAFC are going to struggle a little bit this year. And, That's fair. Uh, but, yeah. but maybe he'll be the last man, uh, you know, in defense, and he, he'll be the reason why uh, they win because the the defense keeps on letting him down. Maybe, but hey, I don't really want to bet on LAFC defensively after yes, last season. So that, <laughs> that's that my is, defense there for not for not including that's very him in true. that. I also think Sean Johnson is a fair shout, but really, when you look at it, I think that Andre Blake is uh, the more. I would say obvious choice here, but you know, could go either way. Could go either way. All right. With the golden glove out of the way, let's move on to another uh, defensive award that we are going to be predicting, which is defender of the year. I don't think we predicted this last time around Jack for the MLS uh, season. Cause I don't, I don't really mention, I don't remember mentioning any defender, but here we are. We're talking about it last year. It so happened to be the legend Thor himself, Walker Zimmerman, winning it for a second year in a row. I, 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 and when I when I saw that that r slash MLS thread talking about predictions for these awards, a lot of people were saying Walker Zimmerman would win it for a third time. I'm gonna go with his U.S. Men's National Team teammate Miles Robinson as a the new defender of the year. I think if Atlanta United do well defensively, a lot of it is going to be coming down to Miles Robinson and a lot of Atlanta United success in general, not just defensively, is going to stem from his ball progression. I think that his ball progression is great. He averaged 3.88 progressive passes per 90 last season, and that translates to a lot of attacks starting from the back, moving their way up. And when you look at Everyone knows that he's good at uh, clearing the ball, heading the ball out, defensive positioning. When you look at that, I think that he is one of, if not the best defender going into the season. And after the performances this season, I have no doubt that he'll prove it again once more. There's a bunch of other defenders that that you can uh, list out, but I think if you had to pull a name from the hat, I would pick Miles Robinson. Jack, who would you pick? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give I'll give a shout out to a few of those names here. So great, I put yeah. Nuhu right here, uh, you know, yeah, from Seattle. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A great tournament at AFCON this. Uh, I almost said summer, but this winter, I guess, technically. So yeah. uh, he, he was great there. I have Bakai Dibasi. Uh, that's probably bias showing. I have Henry yeah, I Kessler. I feel like you, you shouted <laughs> out a Minnesota yeah. player every single time. Hey, that, here. That's that, that. Yeah, I I. I even admit, uh, I think he's good, but he's closer to the bottom of the of these lists. Uh, uh, but I have uh, Henry Kessler of New England and Jack Elliott of Philadelphia as some. It came down to me for Walker Zimmerman versus Miles Robinson for the award. Actually, those, oh, wow. those are the t- so Miles Robinson had a standout year with Atlanta and the U.S., so he could have another good one. We uh, you already mentioned the stats there, but here's the thing: <laughs> I'm going to do it, and I'm going to call it for my favorite U.S. men's national team player, oh, wow. which is Walker Zimmerman. Oh, I, wow. I think he's an incredible player. And I think he's going to get a three-peat of Defender of the Year awards. Why not? Uh, and it would wow. be well-deserved, assuming he does well, of course. You know, uh, that, that, but 
honestly, given that he has, he's not only been the best defender at MLS the past few years, but also the best for the national team for the U.S. Kind of shows that he can do it on any level, and he consistently shows that he is a a well deserving defender of accolades. Okay, okay. Honestly, very very fair. I I I have not seen in a long time a U.S. men's national team defender that has been as consistent as him. Even John Brooks, as we know pretty well, has had a couple of stinkers up his sleeves. So yep. Very, very good to see Walker Zimmerman play well and play well for not just the U.S., but also, more importantly for this award, National SC. All right, Jack, let's go into the player, the performance player. I guess, no, player performance award that is most important. Yes, there we go. We got through that. MVP, the Landon Donovan Most Valuable Player Award. A lot of really, really talented names that have a really good justification for being MVP. But Jack, I want to hear it. Who is going to be, in your mind, the MVP come the end of the season? Yeah, well, I I think honestly you could, for any team that you think could make the playoffs, you could honestly say, you know, whoever the most important player on that team is that impresses the most is going to get the award. So I could have picked like 18 players, but I just narrowed it down to six. I'll get okay. my bias pick out of the way first with Reynoso. Uh. <laughs> uh, I, I I wanted to mention him just because I do think if he if he gets the most assists and powers Minnesota into an impressive performance, he could definitely be up there. Uh, and since I predicted him for most assists, I might as well throw him in. But the more realistic ones, I think I have uh, Joao Paulo of Seattle Sounders. I have Valentin Castellanos from NYCFC. I have Andre Blake of Philadelphia. I've got Har- Carlos Heel of New England and Haney Mukhtar of Nashville up there. Uh, I I think, you know, unfortunately for Andre Blake, goalkeepers are probably the most overlooked <laughs> as MVPs because people only remember the bad times when you're uh, of goalkeepers, not the good times, really. Uh, and of the of the other ones I listed, my pick is Haney Mukhtar for those. I, I think he honestly deserved it last season potentially uh right. i i think i i could have honestly seen him getting getting that uh you know i i think that loss of of the award might drive him to be even better this season you know he had a Maybe. he had an amazing season la- last time around i i can't remember exactly the numbers but i think it was like 16 what, goals 12 assists yeah i i knew it was 12 and 16 but i couldn't remember exactly which way around <laughs> but you know those are those are incredible numbers most goals and assists total by any MLS player. So I, I think that he definitely has a solid chance of getting that MVP title. All right. I agree, Jack. I think oh, let's Mukhtar, go with the Nashville agenda. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I obviously have talked a lot on Twitter and on the show about how Nashville SC is the, the perfect MLS team. Yeah. Just builds well, has a, has a fun fan base have never really been a fan of the logo, but everything else about the the club is really, really cool. And I think that Henny Mukhtar is also really, really cool. Like you mentioned, 16 goals, 12 assists last season, uh, really the fulcrum of this Nashville SC attack. And I think, like you mentioned, when it comes to these awards, it's all about who is the best player on the team on the team that usually does near and around the best. Yeah. Last year, it, it was uh, Carlos Heel because 
New England had that crazy, crazy season, and he was the absolute heartbeat of that team. And I think, you know, uh, we I think we both predicted Nashville SC to be near the top of the West. And so I, I think that it, it makes sense that that Haney Mukhtar would be in the running for uh, MVP. And Jack, you reacted there. We are Colorado watching the just games. scored. Yeah, Colorado just scored. Sorry. All right. good, <laughs> Sorry for good. the distraction. But <laughs> no, no. I mean, hey, it. It's the champ. It's the best version of Champions League. We everyone deserves some some live updates and live reactions. I'm really glad uh, that you know Colorado has have not embarrassed MLS by losing to a Guatemalan team yeah. at home. So I'm really glad about that. Uh, but aside from Mukhtar, there are some very very close players. I think have a very good chance of, of being MVP. Uh, Rui Diaz, especially if he wins Golden Boot. Uh, heel as always i'd say even chicharito i think if la galaxy manages to somehow do well and he has a great season definitely has a chance and you have a bunch of number 10s and uh, attacking wingers like velasco of fc dallas who i think even at his young age could do great things uh gazdag of philadelphia pozuelo of toronto martinez of atlanta and a zelrayon of uh columbus and of course i'll get my bias pick out of the way too reynoso i put him in here because you know he is he is a good player and if we do well it will be because of reynoso and may i remind everybody his form at many points of the season was mls caliber mls mvp caliber so i'll leave it at that all right let's go into the signing of the year so less performance based and more just who was the signing that performed above expectations is how I decided to define signing of the year that uh, would lift this team the most, that would help this team the most. And I have two answers and two answers that people might not be thinking of right off the bat. First, I picked Velasco from Independiente to FC Dallas, got signed this offseason. Still really young, I want to say uh, 23, probably less yeah. than that, actually. Probably yep. way younger than I, that. I, I think I think he's really young. That's the one they signed for like 9.5 million, right? Yeah, I think uh, okay. they may have uh, broken the bank for him, but he, he he's a, a, a very good player, and I think that pairing him with Jesus Ferreira, a very, very good false nine, and then breaking the bank for an intra-league uh, a winger partner in uh, uh, Paul Areola will serve him very well. I think that cast as a front three is really good. And, uh, he, oh my gosh, he's only 19, but I know he's good. I know he's good. And I, I think pairing him with those two players is just a recipe for goals. Now, on the other side of the ball... Can FC Dallas, you know, st do well and win? I don't know. But I think that he is the kind of guy that will be a game changer should he start and start playing well early. I can definitely see him getting this award. Now, th this, this, th my second kind of nomination for this may be a little bit odd because uh, there are some pretty big names that move to MLS. But I'm going with a big name, but maybe not everybody's pick. I'm going with uh, Shakiri of now... Chicago Fire. And I know what everyone's thinking. It's Chicago Fire. They're bad, right? <laughs> and it's true. But I think compared to where Chicago Fire were and where they could be with him, 
I think that is a huge, huge improvement because I think he drastically improves the players around him, especially when they're in the dire straits that Chicago are. I mean, in Europe, he was in the top 3% in expected assists. So he'll provide the creativity that the fire desperately, desperately need. And I think when you look at all the signings throughout the season, throughout the offseason, he might be the one that raises his team's floor the most. So I'm going to go with uh, Shakiri overall for a sign of the year. Jack, where do you have uh, your player? Yeah, well, I, I, I put in a few ideas in here. Shakiri is up there as one of them. It's not who I eventually went for. Uh, I, I have Alistair Johnston from uh, going from Nashville to Montreal. All right. I have uh, DeAndre Yedlin from Galatasaray to Inter-Miami. All right. Uh, I have Luis Almeria from Vela Sarsfeld to Minnesota United. Uh, and I've got Lorenzo Insigne from Napoli to Toronto. But I didn't go with any of them. I, oh, I, didn't, wow. go, I didn't go with any of those uh, because honestly, they're all solid signings. And I think they're all going to raise their teams up in, in different ways. Uh, I, I was thinking about going with the what people might consider the obvious of Lorenzo Insigne because, you know, he's an Italian international in his prime. Good business. Plus, it's a free transfer. Uh, cool. But that's only half of a season. And also, I think that I, I think Toronto, I, I, I know he's going to help them, but I, I have one that I think is even better. And that is Michael Ure. Ooh, I think I, I think I might have pronounced that incorrectly, but he's coming from Brondby to philadelphia that, that, that's and, an underrated pick right there and I think. honestly like he has popped off in the danish superliga the past two seasons you know he's scored so many goals i can't remember exactly how many but i know it's like 30 plus mm-hmm. he has been fantastic in finding that form and philadelphia what have they been missing a crucial and clinical number nine and i think that's the kind of signing they need to improve their team drastically you know, that's what was missing in the, te- in the team when they won the Supporters' Shield. That's what was missing in this team this time around. I think that that is my pick for signing of the year. All right, Jack, that is such an underrated, underrated pick. I'm I know, I, I, went, I went for an underrated pick for once. It's, it's I, wild. I, I, I'm kind of kicking myself uh, for that because that, 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 that is a good, good pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I have nothing else to say then. That, that's good. I, there are some other signings from... Some other teams that are very good, but I I think we covered a good amount of them. Uh, we'll see who's right, who's wrong. Maybe Shakiri's gonna flop. Maybe Philadelphia is gonna suck. I don't know. Uh, but let's talk about uh, someone else that might suck, and that is our flops of the year. <laughs> Defining this as the transfer that has the highest expectations, maybe the ones that are expected to raise the floor, to raise the ceiling of a team. And end up doing nothing of the sorts. Jack, I'll let you start off because I'm sure you have a couple up your sleeve that might be some stinkers. So let's hear from you. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I This is this was the one I struggled the most with figuring oh, really? out because it's always tough to figure out who is going to be like a flop before they even kick <laughs> the ball, really. So uh, I, I, I've picked up four that I think, you know, the teams are expecting to be big but aren't going to help them that much. Uh, starting with Francisco Calvo, 
going okay. from Chicago Fire yes, to yes. San Jose. You know, San Jose need a good center back. Um, not sure if Telvo's that at all. Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure he's not that, having watched him play before. Uh, I've also got Raheem Edwards going across L.A. from LAFC to L.A. Galaxy. Again, uh, maybe he's just being used as a depth piece, but if he's being used and trusted as like an out-and-out, uh, you know, starting 11 caliber player, I think they're going to be disappointed. And then I've got Casper Chisbilko as an option from Philadelphia to Chicago Fire. You know, All right. He, I, I think he's a downgrade from Barrich personally uh but the one that i went for and you might guess based off of our western conference preview i've gone for douglas costa going okay. to la galaxy and the reason why you know i'm i'm thinking about like the expectations for the player coming in versus what i think is going to happen and douglas costa has kind of failed to impress at most places he's been to in my opinion you know he's never really fit in at any specific system and he and he's never really popped off or made the or let the set the league on fire, you know, that he's gone to. He struggled in Brazil with Gremio this past se- mm-hmm. this past season on loan as well. And he's aging. I'm thinking L.A. are thinking this is, you know, a, a huge sign, you know, a former Brazilian international. This is going to be the thing that brings our team to the top. I don't think so. I really don't think so. And that's why I've gone for that one. Maybe not maybe not underrated as a as a pick, because I feel like based off of what most people, if people watch the Western Conference preview, they'd know where that's going. But that that's my opinion on him, at least. I I think also a lot of people are kind of low on that transfer, especially after seeing, especially after seeing what LA Galaxy has done. Uh, this offseason which is still not address their defensive issues still not actually raise the the floor i he, he's a good player right he he might slow the pace if he's healthy he'll add a lot on the wing or wherever they'll deploy him at but yeah he's also one of my picks but he's not my final pick okay uh i also have i have two other intra-league trades because i didn't want to just uh, highlight a big transfer that might go wrong uh, I have Sebastian Legette to the New England Revolution. Oh, that's we haven't fair. Talked I considered him. <laughs> uh, 1.3 million in GAM for a player that did not play well is a big gamble, especially because he is likely going to be slotting in at that starting midfield role. And if he does not play well again, if if his former coach and Bruce Arena can't get the most out of him, that's going to be a lot of money that got sunk on a player that has not really proven his worth in 2021. So that is a really big, big risk that can end up being a really big flop, both financially and competitively. Also, I had to mention Calvo, uh, not a great goalkeeper, especially when. Wait, <laughs> a great defender, I think you mean. Well, he's also not a great goalkeeper. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, he, he, he's, not, he's not great at defending the goal. There you go. Uh, to the point where I, I think. I, I, I want to say San Jose are currently in preseason deploying like a three-five-two system, like a, a three-six-one actually, a three-six-one, and the prospects of having Calvo being in a, a three-back system where it it requires a lot of 
communication between center backs and a lot of really talented marking by the center backs that's going to be very scary because if you have wing backs are going to be more advanced leaving him a little stranded that is the most terrifying thought that i can think of but he's not who i uh, thought will be the absolute worst flop of the year okay i actually went with maybe my hottest take in a couple months okay is insigne Ooh! wow okay okay I'm and hear me, I'm hear me out. I, I think he's going to be a great signing, but the current expectation, and I fell for this in the Eastern Conference uh, uh, preview because I thought that Toronto FC would you know reinforce their defense, get some new guys in, but that wasn't the case. And a lot, the expectation right now is that Lorenzo Insigne comes from Napoli and saves Toronto FC. He and Bob Bradley, Pozuelo, uh, Ao Akinola, all of them team up. And, and and they go back to the top of the the east where they belong, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period, whether it be a couple of weeks or the entire season, who knows? And I don't think it's going to be like Messi playing against five year olds. I don't think it's going to be as drastic of a uh, a shift from non dominance to complete insigne dominance. And so I think where expectations are, which is really really high. I just don't think it's going to reach that level of of expectation. I think it's going to be still a good season from him, half season that is, but I just don't think it's going to be the game changer that Toronto FC and some casuals think it'll be. I think think like Chicharito, maybe it'll take just a little bit of adjustment getting uh, used to a pretty weird league, to say the least. Um, maybe I'm off base there, but I, I think that's pretty reasonable, Jack. No, I, I, th- I think you got a point. You know, Chicharito didn't do well in 2020 when uh, when he first came to MLS. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain didn't do well when he first came to MLS. You know, European superstars, unlike what they think, they can't just walk in and tear up the league. Uh, like it, it's still a tough league to play in, regardless of of like your skill level, because yeah. every league has different challenges. So I think. I think you're right, and I'm very glad now that I didn't go for for Insigne as my as my actual like player, like a signing of the year. But I think you definitely have a, a good shout there. All right, all right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not just uh, uh, getting used to the play. Obviously, MLS is a more physical league than a lot of European leagues, but also the travel, having to switch a time yep, zones yep. pretty much every single game, uh, getting used to. At the beginning of the season, maybe you're playing in 30 degree heat, uh, 30 degree cold. And then in the summer, going to Houston, where it's like 90 degrees at midnight. So, it, yeah, it, it's a tough league. Uh, but let's talk about play, of some players that might be doing really well in this league with our Young Player of the Year award that we are going to be previewing here. Jack, I want to actually hear yours first. Who do you think is going to be winning the Young Player oh, of the man. Year? Well, there's a lot of good. Uh, I, I think we're defining this as like under 23-year-old under players, 23, right? Under 23, yes. Yep, that, that's what I thought. There's a lot of fantastic young players in MLS. Uh, like, honestly, like, it's it's just, it's it's kind of shocking the, the amount. But here's who I narrowed it down to. Uh, I have Julian Araujo. Uh, from LA Galaxy, Cade Cowell from San Jose, Jesus Ferreira from Dallas, uh, David Ochoa from 
Rail Salt Lake. That pains me to say. Yeah. Uh, Diver Caicedo from Vancouver. Uh, and then, you know, I, I also have Alan Franco. I don't know much about him from, from Dallas. And then I have, of course, the bias pick, Bongi Holonwa. Holonwain, I, th- I think is how you pronounce it. You know, he, he, if he, if he plays, he looks like a really solid player. And I, I really, I really want him to do well, uh, especially since there's so much hype around him. And I love reading the Minnesota United comments section uh, on any post about him. But my choice for the young player of the year out of all of those, I'm going Jesus Ferreira. Right. Uh, you know, he was good last season. And with Pepe moving off to Augsburg, he has a real opportunity to cement himself as a crucial part of FC Dallas's team. You know, FC Dallas don't don't always do well in the league, but if there's one thing they know how to do, it's developing good youth players. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jesus Ferrer, we've seen all of the skills that he has. And if Alan Franco is the piece that they need, and with Paul Ariola in Dallas too, maybe that's exactly what he needs to lift himself up to the next level. So... Even if I don't believe the team is going to do that well, I wouldn't be shocked if Ferreira himself has a good season. All right. I, I also think that Ferreira is on the short list, potentially. I think uh, Julian Araujo is also a Choa. I agree with you. I don't want him to win. I, but, no, yeah. I don't think he will either. I don't think he will either, because I think another goalkeeper is winning it. I'm going with Gaga Slonina, still I'm... 17 years old. Only played oh, eleven games. Forget. Yeah, I know. I, I I think I think it's a good oh, pick, that... especially if he if he's the starting goalkeeper for Chicago and he carries on that form from last year. I think there's a very real chance that a goalkeeper can win Young Player of the Year. Oh, it pains me that I forgot that one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do I really think that like the voters like I don't know who votes for uh the awards? What if it's like players, media? I don't know. I don't know who it is. But I think he has a really, really good chance because of how much his team supports him and how much he has yet still to offer because he's only 17. He's getting looked at by a bunch of European teams. If he if he gets traded or or if he gets you know transferred, that obviously will take that away from <laughs> him. But I, I think if he has a standout season this year, you know, it's it's like either him or Jesus Ferreira or Araujo or, you know, Velasco or Kane Clark or Alameda <laughs> of uh, uh, Atlanta. So th- there's a lot of different picks, but I'm, I'm picking with uh, Slovenia here. And I think that'll be pretty, pretty cool, regardless of who wins that, because there's a lot of really cool young players here. All right, let's move on to... Uh, finally, finally, some team awards, starting with Supporter Shield winner. Jack, remind me again who your winners were from the East and the West, and which one of those do you think is going to be winning the Supporter Shield? Yeah, so I had in first place in the East, New England, and first place in the West was Seattle. Between the two of those, I'm picking Seattle. You know, uh, Seattle has gotten so, so much stronger, whereas New England are already lost a key piece uh, that um, I yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not losing my mind. I, I th- they, they they lost someone this. Uh, why can't I think of the name either way? You can? He, yes. God, <laughs> I, I don't know why his name slipped out of my mind, uh, but 
you know, they lost Tajan Buchanan to uh, Club Bruges, I believe it, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Matt Turner is going to leave this summer to go to Arsenal. So they're going to lose some key pieces and they're going to have to get play- people to replace th- them. Seattle just got stronger this past season. And if it's between those two, I'm picking Seattle like 95 out of 100 times in their current states. All right. All right. I also had Seattle winning the West. Might not mean that they're going to be winning uh, the Supporters Shield because on the East, I had uh, the Philadelphia Union. And I'm actually picking the Philadelphia Union okay. to win the Supporters Shield. I think they have a lot of great tools and with the additions of two yes two designated players strikers an area in which as you mentioned before they lacked in ure and caranza yes caranza i think that those two players especially ure who you mentioned played for bromby i think they'll do absolutely great and they're two men deep in most of their positions that they have and just imagining a midfield diamond of gazdag as the advanced role uh, Flash and Bedoya controlling in the middle and Martinez anchoring the back. That's enough to make a grown man cry. That's so good. And you also have the likes of Paxton Aronson, a very young and dynamic player coming from their academy that could also slide in in the starting role or off the bench. Very, very, very good. And while I think that the Sounders are the better overall team and like you said, have improved in pretty much every single metric in terms of goal scoring, in terms of maybe defense, especially with the addition of Rusnak, the playmaking ability. I think the West will just cannibalize itself just like last season. We saw how close it was at the top uh, for for Seattle uh, and Colorado. And I think that's just going to continue. I think that Overall, the bottom of the West is stronger than the bottom of the East. So while Philadelphia might be able to get some easy points off the likes of Charlotte FC, FC Cincinnati, and Inter-Miami, that's not going to be the case for uh, Seattle as even Houston has improved. Even FC Dallas and Austin FC and San Jose Earthquakes, they've all improved in some way and can be giant killers on their day. Not so much for the case in the East as I see it. So I'm going with the Philadelphia Union just on that fact. Kind of try to big brain that, but I really think that the Philadelphia Union uh, does have a very good chance of making it. But Jack, if you had to pick another team outside of the teams that were in your first place slots, who would you pick? Because I kind of realized I was like, man, there are so many good picks, but I'm kind of trapped with who I already predicted to be first place. Uh, predicting outside of it, I, I I might go with Nashville. Actually, I, yeah. I, yeah, I I think I think like you know they're they're like you said they're well suited for MLS and just for put it they put together a winning team uh, that does very well. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's probably the team I'd go with uh, because I can't remember who I put second in the Eastern Conference. But I don't think I can think of many teams in the East that I would count as better than Nashville. Like, right. Or NYCFC was who I had in second in the East. But I, I, I still think I'd, I'd pick Nashville, especially since the, I, I think it's possible that Castellanos could get picked off to by a oh, European team. Very in possible. Very so. possible. All right. Cool. Uh, in the East, I guess I, 
I could I could say the revolution and NYCFC, but I I do like what I see in the West out of Seattle Sounders and specifically like you said Nashville SC. Defense wins championships even though they they, they lost a very good right back this season. It's yeah you know I I mean I I I saw uh, some uh very good developments out of Nashville last season. I could definitely see that returning this season. All right, let's move right along into our next award that we are going to be predicting, which is MLS Cup. Who is going to be the MLS Cup winner? Well, I think, even though I said that Philadelphia would win the Shield, don't think they'll be able to win MLS Cup. Nor do I think that they'll even make it. I'm actually saying the Seattle Sounders are going to make it. And even though they are going to be first, which means that they'll have to go throughout bye, and everyone knows how tricky that is, I still think that this is a team built for multiple competitions. The depth and talent retained from last season with the key re-signings of Roldan, Bruin, Roe, Rui Diaz, and Joao Paulo. It, it will be inevitable, it, it, invaluable. And I, I think it, it's going to be such, such a great, great team that they're going to be putting out on the field every single week. And now with the Rusnak involved, their starting 11 on paper is the strongest in MLS, bar none. And they have the depth on the bench to be able to withstand the the drudge of the playoffs, the the long regular season that might pick off some of their players with injuries. I think overall they have the depth to deal with that. And so when you're looking at what makes a good playoff team, it's all about depth, it's all about front end talent, and I think Seattle Sounders have both. So I'm gonna go with them to win MLS Cup. Again, it's it's another Cascadia team in the MLS Cup final, obviously. So that, that kind of sucks. But who who whatever. do you have them as beating in the East then? Because I I have I have two teams that I I, I picked what I picked the final. Okay, yeah, that, that, that's a good. If man. if you want to think about it while I give mine, I, yes, I, go I, ahead. It, okay. I'll, I'll get back to it. Who who okay. would be your final and who'd be your winner? So I think in the East we get NYCFC. Okay. Uh, and actually a big reason why I picked them is because of uh, I, I thought about the first round buys and NYCFC is in second in, in my predictions wow. in the East. And fittingly enough, the, the team that I think is going to match them in the West is Nashville, who are second in my Western Conference prediction. Uh, I think Nashville SC is pretty well suited for knockout games. You know, they defend well and counterattack hard. You know, they, they are kind of built for knockout games uh it and uh you know i i could i could see seattle making the final as well you know that especially if they get first and they play at lumen field the entire way through then yeah that's that's pretty strong for them but between the two that i've picked i'm going nashville between i i i i really like Nat. i honestly i i nashville i consider almost like my second or third team because i really like what they've built I really like them. I love Nashville hot chicken, so that's another plus. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm I'm picking Nashville between uh, NYCFC and Nashville SC just because I think uh, I I just trust them in what they're building. So uh, I know it didn't work out the past two seasons, but hey, for an expansion club to do what they've done the past two seasons anyway is just really good work. And I I'd back I'd back them to continue on that path. So, so you have Nashville SC winning the MLS yes, Cup? Yes, I do. Wow. Wow. Okay. 
that that would that'd be great to see even though it'd be kind of sad as a minnesota united fan to be like oh man they they, they came yeah, they in just the joined league. the west yeah <laughs> like, yeah I, I i don't know i i obviously you know have seattle winning and now that i've had some time to think and look at my standings i'd say oddly enough it's between for me new england revolution and atlanta united atlanta united okay. have a lot of that front end talent that i think needs to be there in order to launch yourself well into the playoffs and new england revolution i think you know they've been there before their head coach knows the playoffs really well knows how to handle it overall i think i'd have to go with new england revolution just for their experience in the playoffs maybe they're, they're still hungry from last season getting uh knocked out early so i'm gonna go with them but they will fall unfortunately for them not getting an mls cup Again, they'll be falling towards uh, to the Seattle Sounders. All right, let's talk about some dark horse teams. The teams, Jack, as I define, I think you probably define it as well as the the team that over over overperforms. I'd say uh, their expectations. So, Jack, I personally picked one from the East and one from the West. So, who are your picks for dark horse teams? Yeah. So for the West. I'm going with the same prediction that I did last time that worked out pretty well. Vancouver. Uh, I, I know a lot of a lot of people I feel like are still kind of sleeping on them and uh, and saying, you know, oh, they got kind of lucky last season. New manager bounce and all that. But I don't think it's just a new manager bounce that they had at the end of the season. They were averaging almost two points per game at, uh, in uh, and perhaps maybe even a little bit more. I can't remember the exact numbers, but they, they were averaging a really good result regardless uh, week in and week out since Sartini took over. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they challenged not just for a playoff spot. Like in my predictions, I have them in sixth. I think they could challenge for a home playoff spot. I especially playing an entire season at home, like in their actual home, not, not in uh, where they were, where were they playing? Were they playing at in Salt Lake? I, I think that they were playing in mm-hmm. Salt Lake city. So yeah, uh, that's who I'm picking in the West. Vancouver, I rate them pretty highly. And the East, uh, I think Montreal is is the okay. team that uh, that can overperform the expectations, which uh, they are actually up two to zero right now. So they're winning on aggregate in nice. their match uh, against Santos. But Montreal is a solid team that I feel like is getting underestimated. Because, you know, Montreal has never been the the best of the Canadian teams, really. I mean, there was a, a brief period for a little bit, but uh, yeah. it's 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 been very slim pickings for that. But they, they have a solid enough squad. They have a good coach in Wilfred Nancy, who seems to have a good system with players that believe in it. Jory Mihailovic is there. Romo Kyoto has been good. And the addition of Alistair Johnston also makes them a lot more solid defensively. So... That that's that's what I'm picking as my as my uh, my Eastern underdog. All right, uh, I'll start with the East Jacks. I definitely agree with you on Montreal to the fact that I picked them as my Let's underdog go. in uh, the East. I think I had them near the bottom of the of the playoff uh, team, but I think that they are very good. I think that Toy coming back from uh, some injuries will be very good. I think Mihalovic is one of the, the the best playmakers, best wingers in this league, and I definitely expect to see even more from him. Yes, it, it wasn't like 
they lit the, the league on fire, but especially with, with their, their new additions, as you mentioned, Alistair Johnston, I think that adds a lot to this Montreal team that if Nancy can get rolling, have as much of a chance as anybody else to make it into the playoffs and go pretty deep in it. So I, I think a lot of people might underrate them, maybe have them outside the playoffs, but I think that they are going to be right there, not going to be really risking falling out at any point. I mean, it's a hot take, but I think it's the case. The next one, Jack, is I, 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 I didn't pick any homer picks until now. Just so I could save it up for okay. this moment. Okay. And that is Minnesota United. Let's go. <laughs> I, I I do not think that anyone is rating Minnesota United nearly high enough. And maybe this is what Adrian Heath wants. Hey, Adrian Heath wants to do this so he can be that's, like, nobody believes in me. Exactly. <laughs> nobody believes in Minnesota United. And now it's true because uh, <laughs> if you look at the MLS soccer's uh, preview with all their reporters. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The hi- the highest that that any of the reporters have put Minnesota United is fifth place, and that's Matt Doyle and Joe Lowry, who I also think are the two smartest writers that they have. Even before this, Matt Doyle very smart. Joe Lowry has is a host of one of the best uh, soccer podcasts out there. Then you have Tom Bogert ninth in the West. Andrew Weeby ninth in the West. Sam Jones ninth in the West. Get out of here. And I, I think a lot of that stems from the fact that we didn't play the best last season. We didn't score a lot of goals. We have lost a good amount of players in Ozzy Alonso, Jan Gregush uh, in particular. But I, I think a lot of people are just overlooking the fact that we added some really good players in Amaria coming back, who played very well for us until he got injured. Curvin Ariaga, who I think... We didn't mention him as a signing of the season, but I think he might be an underrated uh, signing as a very good Honduran defensive midfielder. And then you have Holong Wayne, uh, who's coming along as well. And you still have your core players of Unu, who I fully, fully think, given the advanced stats they showed, could score double digits plus more uh, this season, just because he has that talent. And if not, well, Amaria could fill in for him. And you still have Fragapane, Reynoso, Lud, and you have a, a, a very good backup uh, bench that is fully capable of slotting in when needed. And you have Hassani Dotson, who, now that he can play in central midfield, is invaluable to this team. And you have Will Trapp, and you have Kervin Ariaga that you add in there. And you have a defense that is old. Maybe that's our, our biggest weakness. But overall, I, I think... I think now that we have some more signings here, once we get a, a center back that's maybe younger and can is actually either a serviceable center back or even better, an actual starter, then th- there's no way that you can say that Minnesota United took a step back. In fact, right now, I think we, we have stayed at least at the same level, if not taken a step forward. And I think an addition of a young defender will definitely take us leaps and bounds further so ninth place is stupid i see a lot of people predicting us to not even make the playoffs i think minnesota united homer pick i know has all the ability to even push for home playoffs jack 
I'm guessing you have to agree with me. No, I I, I agree. Like, I, we both put them in fourth because exactly we they're like regardless of how bad they play, like at least in the past three seasons, they've finished fourth, fourth, and fifth. Like yeah. that that's been our last three seasons. And to honestly, be fair. oh no, mm-hmm. go ahead. Honestly, yeah. we we haven't stepped that far back from uh from you know the the past. Uh, from the past year, like we lost Ethan Finlay, he 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 was he's a good player, but That's he was true, a utility yeah. piece, right? We lost Ozzy Alonso. We signed a a pretty good uh, central midfielder to to replace him in Kervin Ariaga, and Ozzy only played half of our games last season anyway. It, it's ridiculous to say that that far of a step back has been made, especially when we added the like one of the main things we were missing, which was an, a, a striker who has proven himself in this league before. Like, Amaria proved he can score goals in MLS. Yeah, he even can. If it, Two goals can. in 10 games isn't, like, lighting the league on fire. Uh, it's a better yes. ratio than Unu, I think. It might be. Uh, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> it might be. So, you know, that that's that's what I'll say about that. But, you know, I, I honestly think that it's ridiculous to say that Minnesota, to predict Minnesota United to not even make the playoffs. Yeah. We say that now, we're going to get the wooden spoon. Oh, oh God. God. Uh, not again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Minnesota United deserves some respect from MLSsoccer.com. Or maybe they're Just, being paid by Adrian Heath. Like you said, he paid them to put maybe, them that far. Maybe. Maybe that's why we didn't sign as many players as we could have. All the money went to, to bribing MLS soccer. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyways, Minnesota United, best team in the world, whatever. Let's go into some disappointing teams with our most disappointing team picks. Uh, I'll start off with this one. In the East, I have Toronto FC. You could probably guess by the fact that I, I chose Insignia to be the most disappointing transfer of the season. I think I was a little too high on them in the preview. I was under the assumption that they would sign some better defenders, make some better changes. But right now, Toronto, I think, is in a weird spot of having too many changes for there to be consistency year on year. Uh, which is obviously important, but also not enough changes to improve the team wholesale. So basically, I guess what I'm saying is that they upended their team, but still don't have the defense to support a, a bright attack. So they're just kind of stuck in this like serious rebuilding mode. Even with uh, uh, Soteldo, or not Soteldo, uh, Saucedo, and even with Insigne coming in, I just don't think it's enough, especially with that kind of crappy defense. Given expectations, signing Insigne, I think it's going to be pretty tough. Maybe they'll make the playoffs. I would I would bet on them making the playoffs, but where I had them before in fourth place, I think might just bite me in the butt if they can't get some really good defenders up in here in the next two or three months. In the West, I have the Colorado Rapids. Yes, they got first in the West last season, but key departures of Bassett and Acosta and still, still no answer for a lack of goal-scoring threat is just not going to work this coming season. I just don't see them reaching the same heights as last season because the player with the highest XG on their team only had 7.5 expected goals in uh, the 2021 season, and that's just not good enough. When you see all the teams that surround the Colorado Rapids, all of their competitors, whether it's Seattle, even the LA teams, uh, Dallas even, SKC, Portland, Vancouver, they all improved. They all literally improved in 
many different areas. I just can't say the same for Colorado. It's about the same. And if you're not improving, you're falling behind. I'm going to Colorado there. Jack, who are your disappointing teams? Yeah, well, for the East, I'm going to start with the East. I also have Toronto as a disappointing team. Uh, Kind of a similar analysis that you have, though, uh, in that, you know, they got a, a star signing. Cool but didn't really do much to improve elsewhere. Actually, they got rid of their best player on it, honestly. Uh, so uh, that that's, that's a bit of an issue. I, I I'd say. Um, so Toronto. Yeah. I think they're going to be disappointing for sure. This season. I also had them in the playoffs. I had them in sixth, but I, I, I think they're going to be disappointing. Another one. And this is after seeing more people's predictions, LAFC people, people seem mm. to be really high on them. Like, may, like having them like, make it into the playoffs and like I'm, that was me yeah i yeah i i don't think so i i still think they're gonna miss out on it you know carlos vela yes he had that amazing season in 2019 but i i don't really i haven't really seen glimpses of that kind of form again you know like he he's kind of fallen off significantly since eh. since that season a, a lot of that is injury related yes but i also just don't think lafc have done enough to strengthen their defense either you know, I I'm I'm not I'm not trusting LAFC with the defense there. Uh, another another uh, team I thought of putting there is SKC, but I forgot they got Robert Barrich as well, which yeah I I think is actually really good business. I wanted Minnesota United to sign him before we got Amaria actually. Sure. So uh, I I really I'm a big fan of Robert Barrich. I think he was a pretty good striker for for a not so good team. So yeah. That that that, but SKC, I I I I won't say you're going to be disappointing yet. All right, all right. Well, let's talk about uh, a a really really disappointing team, which <laughs> is going to be our wooden spoon winner, our last award that we're going to predict here. Jack, there are a lot of bad teams that we could have given this to. For me, yeah. I had a couple teams near the bottom for my predictions, namely. Houston Dynamo, Charlotte FC, and FC Cincinnati. And Houston Dynamo, I think they've actually added some pretty good players. They've broken uh, their transfer uh, transfer budget, their transfer record to bring some players in. And even though I don't think that, I still think they might finish near the bottom. Still think it's a, an improvement. I still think they'll get some points. Charlotte FC, their head coach literally came out and said, we're screwed if we don't fix things here. <laughs> And that's not what you want to hear if you're a Charlotte FC fan. But I still think we don't know. We don't know if uh, it's going to work. If it's not going to work, we don't know if they're going to bring in any more players. There's a lot of unknowns. However, we know that FC Cincinnati aren't good. We know (laughs) that the rebuild is going to take a while. And we know that Alex Khan and a new GM and manager won't change things overnight. So I'm going to go with what I know, and I'm going with FC Cincinnati for a record fourth season in a row, getting the wooden spoon. Maybe it's too presumptuous. Maybe Charlotte FC is going to take it from them. But I'm going to go with my my favorite trash bag, my favorite basement dwellers, FC Cincinnati. <laughs> Jack, who are you picking to win the wooden spoon, the last place trophy of MLS? Well, I had it between the same three teams as well. Um, and to look at this, I so I looked at a few resources. I, I did my own research and looked at it, and I, I was look, thinking, okay, they look kind of even. 
And then I went to MLSsoccer.com and looked at the depth chart and roster builds so far. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, Houston, Houston actually has some good depth up front. I, I go to Cincinnati and there is a, literally a question mark <laughs> in midfield. Like, lit- <laughs> like, they have zero midfield depth. They have, they have three central midfielders for three central midfield spots. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and, like, I, I don't trust that. I, I'm, not, I'm not trusting it. And, like, Houston are going through a rebuild, and at least, like, they look exciting and, and something. I can't say the same for Cincinnati. I'm so sorry for Cincinnati fans. You know, I mean, you you had you had an opportunity to have some sports love this uh, this past uh, this this past sports season with uh, with the the Bengals, you know. So, but I, I got that right, right? There, it's Cincinnati Bengals, right? Yes, yes, oh, yes. God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I don't think it's happening for uh, for it on the soccer side of things. I, I think, I think there's still a long way to go. That being said, Alec Khan is actually statistically the second best stop shopper shot stopper in MLS. So I, I mean, he, he could fix some things, but you can't fix a question mark in mid, like a literal question mark. I honestly, ev- everyone go to MLS Look at the Eastern conference <laughs> oh, roster builds. They're like they literally have a question mark in the number six spot. It's it's bad. It doesn't look good for them. But Charlotte, I could see it happening too, considering their coach literally said, "Yeah, we're not ready." Like yeah. <laughs> that that's a red flag right away. That is a red flag. But now we're at the checkered flag because we have finished all of our predictions for these awards, and we're gonna look back at the end of the regular season and be like, ugh cringe turns out insigne scored 12 goals on his debut <laughs> turns out nashville actually won the the wooden spoon oh, no. and mukhtar actually on the last day decided to score a bunch of own goals and got his uh ruined his chances of getting mvp who knows who knows but jack before we go i did want to for us to predict some of the important matches that are coming up okay for mls because it's happening the season's starting in about three days really exciting at the time of recording at least and it starts on my birthday actually february 26th so uh what a great birthday gift yeah so let's hey, go- minnesota united better win for for that otherwise it's gonna be a sad birthday sad 21st birthday for aj so yeah let's actually start that. with that check because i i want to i want to hear what you think <laughs> if you think minnesota united will give me a good birthday gift they are being hosted by philadelphia union uh first game of the season quick scoreline who do you think is winning? Uh, I'm going with Minnesota United to win it. Uh, I, you know, I always I always go with my teams, but I, I do think that Minnesota United have a solid chance at winning that game. Uh, I'm going to say two to one. Oh, wow. I, I I'm not sure how much to trust our defense until I've seen enough. But, you know, I've seen our goal scoring. We do have goal scorers who can do things. So, yeah, uh, good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I mean, I mean, who knows? May, uh, maybe it'll be like last season and be just as crazy as the three-two win that Minnesota had at Allianz Field that I got to be at. So, yeah. Well, this is at Subaru Park, and mm-hmm. I, I did say Philadelphia would would win the Supporter Shield. So if they lost their first game, not a great start. Which is why, unfortunately, no, Jordan, I I'm sure you'd love to hear this. I'm giving the three points to Philadelphia, a conservative one-to-zero win that Minnesota fans are like, you know what? That's okay. That's okay. We saw it's better than last season. Yeah, I was going to say 
it's better than getting pounded by Seattle. Like what? Uh, five to zero. Four or to zero. BS. Luckily. Four to luckily. zero. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, all right. How about the Kellen Acosta Derby, a.k.a. LAFC versus Colorado Rapids? Very first game right off the bat. Ooh, kind of cringe. Jack, who do you think is winning that one? God, I mean, Colorado doesn't have a good striker and LAFC don't have a good defense. So, like, they, they both have weaknesses, but neither of them can exploit each other in, in that. Um, I, I, I actually think it will be a draw. You know, I, I think that has 1-1 one, one draw written on it. I, I, I feel I feel it coming, you know. I'm watching Colorado play right now against ten man communicaciones. It it's not pretty. <laughs> it's it, it it's it, it's looking like they're struggling a little bit, but yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going one one. I think that's when in doubt go for the draw. All right, all right, cool. Well I'm gonna go with a win for Colorado, I think. Okay. I'm thinking I'm thinking Shinyashiki and Lewis score. Lewis scores a uh the the a late winner that's kind of a fluke and I don't know. Arango and then he gets called scores. into the US men's national team. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh Arango scores for LAFC there. Okay. Sure. How about Jack Charlotte FC's first ever game, inaugural game against DC United at DC United? Can they win? Can they get any points from that? DC United, it's not like they're they're an unstoppable force. Who do you think's uh, taking that one? I'm going with DC United to win, just okay, because I haven't fair. seen enough of Charlotte yet. And DC United, we know they have good players on the team. We we feel I, I feel like you know the lack of confidence from Charlotte's coach is still is still telling. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm gonna go for like uh, probably two to zero in favor of DC. Just be, just because like Charlotte, so many question marks still to to go over that on how everything fits together. All right. I am also going to go for a two to zero DC United win. I think that's I think that's a very fair assessment. Maybe Ola Kamara gets off on that golden boot race with two penalty goals. Just kidding. <laughs> He's, just kidding. He scored 10 out of his 19 uh, on penalties last season, yeah. so wouldn't put it yeah, past him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, but I, I also think Charlotte FC might not be as ready as they can be. Who knows what will happen in their home opener against LA Galaxy, but this one might not be looking too good. But I think this next game, the final game of this weekend, will be very exciting, which is our first place in the West, Jack, versus our second place in the West, Seattle versus Nashville. To start the season, a prime time on Sunday, what a start. What a start. Jack, who is taking this match? Keep in mind, it is being hosted by Seattle. Uh, if it's being hosted by Seattle, I go 1-0 one, one for Seattle. Okay. Uh, like, Seattle at Lumen Field is kind of just an, an unstoppable force at times. Uh, sometimes. Uh, Nashville, I feel like, are going to do well throughout most of the game. But I feel like, you know, with Lumen Field... Seattle might just get that extra leg up over them and I like get like a late goal or something like, you know, last like last 15, 20 minutes, I feel like. All right. All right. I'm going to go with actually a one to zero Nashville win. Yeah. I can see it. I could see I, it. I, I can see it, too. I mean, like I think Seattle's still going to win the West, but imagine the, the cold shock to their system being beat beat by a team that has 
you know, is, is new to the West or not new to the West, returning to the West. <laughs> I think I think that'll be quite, quite poetic. So I'm going to go with that. All right, Jack, with those predictions, not just the games, but also the awards out of the way. Let's wrap this thing up. Let's say we got everything wrong, Jack. Let, let, let's say everyone's <laughs> mad at us because oh, we didn't rate their team high enough. We rated their rivals favorite player too too high where can they go shout at us and uh tell us how wrong we are well they can shout on at us on twitter at final third show you know any fc cincinnati fans on there that are super upset with me saying they have zero midfield depth uh you can feel free to argue with me on there i'll defend my decision there if you want if uh if you know if if you if you think that toronto fc are going to win the east you know, follow us on there and let us know because I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by what brings you to this conclusion. And, uh, you know, for any other kind of soccer news, any if you want to keep up to date on new episode releases, you're going to want to follow us on Twitter at Final Third Show. All right. All right. All right. That is it for this episode. If you want to find a nice one stop shop for all things Final Third podcast, Checks out at finalthirdshow.com to get all the links to all our social medias and all of our streaming platforms that we're on. Tell a friend about the show. Tell your dad about the show. I'm sure he would love to hear about all of our predictions for the Golden Boot, the Golden Glove, and beyond. We'll see you guys next Monday for a very, very fun uh, news and predictions episode. I don't know what's going to happen this weekend. I'm not a, a psychic. I'm not a, a, a seer or whatever they call it. Uh, but I can tell you, the next Thursday, it's going to be another great deep dive episode. Maybe we'll be talking about Charlotte FC. Maybe we'll be talking about, I don't know, the the upcoming uh, UEFA World Cup qualifying window. I don't know. I, I haven't even thought that far ahead yet. But we'll <laughs> see you guys there at uh, the same time and the same place, actually. And we'll see you then. See ya. Bye for now. Bye for now.